Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast hosted by the Guelph Family Health Study. If you're interested in the most recent research and helpful tips for a healthy, balanced living for you and your family, then this podcast is for you. In each episode, we'll bring you topics that are important to your growing family and guests who will share their expertise and experience with you. Our quick tips will help your family build healthy habits for a happy home. Welcome back to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. I'm Sabrina Douglas. And I'm Lisa Tang. And today our guest is Angela Underhill. Angela is a PhD candidate in family relations and human development and is here to talk to us today about body image in children and parents. So a really great topic. Thanks for joining us, Angela. Thanks so much for having me. It's exciting having you on. So I appreciate you coming. Yeah, we've been talking about this for so long. I'm really excited to be here. Great. Um, so I guess um, we thought maybe we would start uh, by asking you to share with us a little bit about your research and your um, interests in the area of research and your area of work. Sure. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, my name is Angela Underhill and my products are she and her. And I would describe myself as a social justice researcher. And I primarily direct my energy towards exploring and challenging inequities related to sexual and reproductive health and rights. So this often translates to experiences around parenthood or becoming parents. So for example, right now, I'm exploring people's experiences with fertility care to better understand who has access to those services. So I think this really connects with today's topic, because what I've been finding is how much body image, and I would argue, perhaps more importantly, how others view our bodies, really impacts fertility care services. I think the other reason I might have been invited for today's podcast is that I also teach a course on parent, child, and family relations, and I've assisted with many more courses that focus on these relationships and the many, many experiences that go along with that. Okay. Thanks, Angela, for sharing about your research. Um, So today we wanted to talk about all the external influences that dictate how we should feeling about our own bodies, um, and for parents in particular, how um, children should be feeling about their bodies. It's such a huge topic. Um, so we're wondering if you could talk a bit about some of these influences and how they sometimes um, find their way like covertly into our lives, like in the media and how we talk about um, our bodies. Yeah, I feel like we're bombarded with this every single day. And especially with COVID and everybody spending more time inside and probably more time online, many of our connections are really based in online media or now, like, I think there's a lot of people spending more time in screen with screens in general. So thinking about television and just different sources of media. I've also noticed a general shift in what people are talking about these days when they talk to each other. I think because there's generally less to do, people are really talking about and reflecting more on their own bodies and what they're doing inside their own homes, which I've seen so many jokes on social media about um, people really reflecting on how much they've been eating and they're reflecting on their own bodies in relation to that kind of joke, which can have serious implications for other people and for themselves. I see a lot of those memes too. You're absolutely right. I've seen a few of them come across like Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that can really contribute to this conversation and I think it'll come up as, as we're talking today. Um, But when I think about some of the influences that make their way into how we all feel about our bodies, 
I really think about advertising that sells on sells us on the newest dieting trends. And lately, I've even noticed that these ads emphasize more and more that it's not just about losing weight, it's about feeling better. So there's an explicit connection between weight and happiness, which I really think needs to be challenged. And the connection between weight and happiness is much more complicated than these ads make it seem. And it often has to do with self-love and how we're perceived and treated by others rather than the weight itself. It's so important, I think, for everybody to remember that ads for clothing or activity trackers or gyms, they're all actually intended to make us feel like we need something. And so they often make people feel like they're missing something in their lives or they're not good enough as they are. And so that's that's the whole point of this advertising. And it's everywhere. But again, I think with COVID right now, everybody is exposed to this messaging more and more. I've also been thinking a lot about social media. So what I was just mentioning about the memes, and also it's just so easy to get, get caught up on comp- comparing ourselves to others. So who are we following? What do they look like? What are they emphasizing or not emphasizing in their photos? I've been hearing so many people where I, I have been in the past, a little less now because there's a little less connection now, but I've been hearing a lot of people say like, don't put that photo up of me. I look... And you can add any number of words there. So one of the things I think we need to think about in terms of children, particularly when we're seeing these things, is what kind of message is that sending to children in terms of what bodies should look like and what bodies are worth looking at when we post these images or don't post certain images. And we also need to think about repetition. So kids really learn a lot from hearing messages over and over again. And so if this is constantly coming from a role model What is the child actually thinking about that? Children will often understand, whether it's true or not, that the way people look matters. And then this gets reinforced by others, too. So another external source is family members and friends who often come and they make comments about the kids' bodies when they see them. So we can think about these harmless comments about, look how big you're getting, or you're so cute, and on and on and on. And these seem harmless, but they can reinforce the idea that how we look is the most important and interesting thing to others, especially when, again, it's these adults that are coming and seeing children, and that's the only thing that they're really commenting on. That's really great. I mean, it's such an important topic, and and these are kind of what you've mentioned are things we don't really think about every day. And, and, you know, I those lines that you said, oh, you're getting so big, or oh, you're so cute, or you're so beautiful, or what a handsome boy. I hear those a lot, uh, you know, with my kids, which is, which is, I, I see the intention behind it, which is really yeah. great. Like, I also hear what you're saying, um, in that kids are little sponges, right? And it reinforces. Sure. I was just going to add on, um, yes, kids are sponges. And so they do, they make a lot of meaning out of things that we might not necessarily even think that they're making meaning out of. And so they can associate different things with that messaging. I also think too, that it really is the repetition piece and how many people these messages are coming from. So again, we can think about the different ways that we communicate about about weight and about bodies and about food even to children and how repetitious that messaging is. So I mean, like, I'm sure everybody has heard this before, like the comment, does this make me look fat? Like that message is sending, that's sending a message to children about what it means to look fat or to be fat. And kids can internalize that in different ways. 
And then there's other things too that we often, I often hear like, oh, I can't eat that. It's junk or you shouldn't eat that. That's junk. And that's sending a real message about types of food, which can lead to all different kinds of stigma and judgment about other people. So kids can take, hear that, and then they could go to school and repeat that kind of messaging to their friends. And that might be the only food that they have access to. So we really need to think about how these different messages can be interpreted and then reshared in different contexts. Well, Angela, you talked a little bit about um, like advertising and social media. So I, I kind of have a, a, a big question for you that maybe, you know, I mean, who has the answer to these questions really? But in your, um, in your opinion or, or kind of given your expertise, what do you think we as parents can do to avoid some of these influences, if that's even at all possible for our children and even for ourselves? Yeah, I definitely don't have all the answers on that. <laughs> but I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, we really can't avoid these influences. I think it's more about limiting some of the influences if if it's not possible to avoid, which I, I don't think it is possible to avoid. And I also think it's more about countering or using it as teachable moments and also maybe increasing the positive influences that are around. So to counter some of them, I think in terms of parents and children, parents actually need to start first on reflecting on their own beliefs and values and how they might be expressing them without really knowing and how we also respond to children's beliefs and values. So when we hear children say things, how are we responding and reaffirming or countering their their own ideas? In terms of our own reflections, I think we need to think about and challenge our own ideas about how bodies should look and why we think that. So what do we think will happen if our own bodies look differently? Do we think it'll make people treat us differently? It could be that the case. People could treat us differently if our bodies look differently. But then I think we need to think about how do we treat people with different bodies and why do we do that? And how could just changing the way that we treat people change how people treat us too? Um, going back to some of the examples I mentioned before, the influences, Lisa, that you brought up and, and how this could be limited. I think like if we go back specifically to the advertising example, I think we could really use those as teachable moments when they come on. So for example, if a child sees an ad about weight loss, a conversation can be started. So what do you think about that ad? And then we can respond to what the child actually says. We can emphasize to children that ads are really meant to make you want to do something. They're meant to make you want to spend money. They're meant to make you feel bad. And that's kind of that's kind of crummy. So what can we do instead of listening to this ad? So if a child starts talking about, oh, well, that person's happier because they lost weight, we could say, well, what makes you happy? Why don't we make a list about things that make you happy that have nothing to do with weight? Or why don't we draw some pictures of things that make you happy? So rather than still focusing in on this body and what body should look like, we can really start to change that conversation and say, what are these other things in the world that make you happy? And then I think another big one, and I think one of the harder ones, I mean, ads are easy, right? You're not directly responding to someone. Um, so I think another big one is really the friends and family members. So even if parents are really committed to doing something differently with their child and, and enforcing these different messages, our loved ones really do have a big influence as well on children. And so what they decide to do might be different than what parents are deciding to do or caregivers are deciding to do. So I think it is actually really important 
to correct them or redirect conversations in front of the children so that the children know, one, that they have somebody who has their back if if this messaging is continuing, and also so the children realize that people do have different perspectives. And that's okay, but they need to be focusing on the things that are making them happy or the things that they're passionate about. So I think modeling is really important. So for example, if we go back to that example of uh, someone comes in, and they say to the child, oh, you're so cute. That's fair. I think that I think people actually have a real hard time starting conversations with children. And that's an easy conversation starter. And that's OK. So when they say that, again, the messaging there is that they're noticing the child's body. And that's not necessarily something we want them to only be focusing on. So a parent can then jump in and offer a redirection. So, yeah, Frankie is really cute. But Frankie also is learning how to ride a bike without training wheels. Do you have any tips for Frankie? Or Frankie, do you want to show them what your body can do? Or um, something else you could say is, yeah, um, Siobhan is really growing. Siobhan actually is now able to dunk a basketball. Can you believe it? Do you want to see Siobhan's interest in basketball? So parents can be this really great gateway to starting new conversations. And that helps the person actually have a new conversation with the child. And it helps the child so that it's not just all about their body. Thank you for providing such concrete examples um, of redirecting the conversation and also turning some of these moments into teachable moments. I think that's really helpful. Something we've been hearing a lot, again, in the media online is um, the term body positivity. So we were wondering um, what this term means to you. I, I think this is such a big term. And I actually had to do some searching because I wanted to I wanted to find the definition that I feel best about. And so I did find a definition from thebodypositive.org. And their definition was that body positivity refers to the idea that all people have a right to have a positive body image, regardless of how other people or society or media or even medical professionals view the ideal size, shape, or appearance. So in that way, body positivity is really about don't shame other people for how their bodies look. Thank you, Angela. That was a really good definition of body positivity. So I really like that. Um, now, I, I did actually want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, my kids being the age that they are, you know, there's a lot of well baby checks. And of course, you know, uh, cold and flu season, of course, we're going to be visiting the doctor, I'm sure. And, and every time we do tend to go to the doctor, um, there is a way. In. And so being a dietitian myself, I, I totally understand the clinical reasons for wanting to weigh a child. Uh, but, you know, I do sometimes wonder about whether it, it ends up putting a link between health and weight, like that direct link. Um, and it can be a little bit challenging to separate when every time you go to the doctor's office, it's a checkup on your health and you get weight. And so I'm wondering, um, you know, how can we navigate that with our children? Yeah, this is a really tough one because the, again, children really do pick up from role models. And for a lot of children, doctors are seen as role models. And so the messaging that doctors share is really important. So, huh, this is a tricky one. Um, I would say there's different ways to go about it. So one, we can go back to it being a teachable moment. So we can talk about the weigh-ins with our children after if it feels important, if the kid, if the child, sorry, got hung up on that piece. But I think another thing we can do is really normalize that it's, 
it's normal to gain weight as you get older and it's normal to grow taller and it's normal to grow in all different ways. And so I think that that message is really important. I think that message is actually really important for people at all ages because that's not something that we really talk about, that bodies change and that they're meant to grow and they're meant to, um, like biology tells us that our bodies are meant to change over time and weight is uh, distributed differently over time. I have this really vivid memory, actually, of when I was in, I think it was grade eight or grade nine, one of my really close friends was really concerned with the fact that her pants no longer fit. And I was really confused that she was so concerned with that. And I looked at her and I was like, yeah, your hips grew. That was obvious to me because we were going through puberty. Like my hips were growing too. And she seemed so surprised. And she looked at me and she goes, is that why? And I was like, yeah, that's normal. So I think that there's there's not really a lot of conversations about how our bodies change over time. And I think it's really important to to normalize that, that that's okay. And that's to be expected. Um, in terms of healthcare professionals in general, so yes, doctors do tend to weigh people, um, not all doctors and not at every appointment, but it is something to think about. And there's actually different ways of looking at weight from a healthcare perspective. So sometimes weight is connected to symptoms that are being reported. And sometimes this is accurate. But often it's not accurate. And that's led to actually a lot of problems for people who have been basically shamed for their bodies. And a lot of health conditions are being attributed to their weight that might actually have nothing to do with their weight. Um, again, I, I see this in my research around fertility care experiences and how some people are, are not having access to fertility care because of their size, which isn't, isn't actually based in evidence. So children can see doctors in a really positive light and people can see doctors in a really positive light. I think we need to first recognize that actually they're humans too and they can make mistakes and they can pass judgments and we need to focus on what we actually know. And so something that I think is really important is that in August of this year, new clinical practice guidelines for obesity in adults were released in Canada. And these guidelines recognize that one of the biggest problems people face with respect to weight is actually bias and stigma. So another big message guidelines was that previous ideas that weight is driven by individual actions or inactions aren't actually accurate. And there's many more factors that contribute to someone's weight. So something else that changed in these guidelines as well is that sometimes someone may not be in the quote unquote ideal category with respect to body mass index or BMI. I'm sure a lot of people have heard that term BMI before but they might still be at the best level for their individual body. So there's finally some recognition in these clinical guidelines that what's best for some bodies is not going to be best for all bodies. And I think that there's actually a really great video called Poodle Science that really sums this complex idea up nicely. And I would really recommend it to anybody listening. So I can, I can share the link for when this is posted. Yeah, we can definitely put the link in the description of the podcast for people to check out. So for parents who are listening to this episode, what are some ways that we can promote a healthy body image among our young children? And how can parents talk about their own bodies in a way that role models how kids should talk about themselves and others? Yeah, if I had to offer some top tips to kind of summarize the things that we've already been talking about, I think the first thing that parents need to think about is themselves. 
So what ideas do they hold themselves about different bodies and why do they hold them? So I think it's really important for people to really try to challenge their own ideas and really think about the comments that they make about their own body and other people's bodies, particularly around other people's bodies. Are they making comments when they're invited or are they just making comments in general? And what does that tell children? We need to really think about this in terms of children, again, going on and passing on these messages to others. So I know bullying is a real problem these days. I mean, I think it always has been. It's maybe just coming to light a little bit more. Um, But what kinds of messages are children saying to these other children and where are they getting the messages from? So another thing that parents can think about is if they're a social media user, I would highly suggest following people who make you feel good. So don't just fill your feed with people who are making you feel bad or who you find yourself constantly comparing yourself to them. Can I say that the phrase comparison is the thief of joy? I think was invented. I'm sure it was, it was said years and years ago, but it has never been more true since social media has really just come into our lives. It's so true, and that's why I really like following people who are really, you know, really real and raw. So they show not just the oh look, I'm so happy I had these professional photos done, but also people are like. I'm having a terrible day and here's me in a Snuggie eating ice cream. Like, right. It's all like, oh, here's my children dressed in white linens and, and eating broccoli, you know? Yes. There's actually, I follow this one and who's a mom. She identifies as a mom. She has two children and she's currently pregnant with a third. And she shows pictures of her stretch marks and she shows pictures of her growing body. And she reflects on, you know, it used to be so hard for me to, acknowledge that my body has changed and now I'm just so grateful she's had a um she's very public that she's had a few miscarriages and so how grateful she is to even be able to do this with her body and I think that those are the kind of people that really do give it give a more complicated understanding of humans like we are really complicated beings and recognizing that yes we're not all smiling at five in the morning when our children wake us up and we prepared a hot breakfast and they're dressed and out the door on time. Like nobody is that person all of the time (laughs) as much as we want to believe it. So I recommend following social media accounts that actually make you feel good. And also that counter some of these, some of these ideas about what people should be like. And at the same time, they're countering these negative stereotypes as well. Um, some of the accounts that I really recommend following are there's one account, Kids Eat in Color, which I find really interesting. She actually talks a lot about um, our children's relationship to food and how that actually connects so much to our relationships with people in general. So I think that that's a really interesting account to follow. Uh, something else, again, I'll just emphasize it. I really think that we need to normalize bodies change. And I'll go back to that story of my friend who had no idea that her hips were supposed to grow or that they they would grow. Um, we need to just talk about that in general with our kids and with each other. Like bodies change with age all throughout our life course. And they also change with different things that happen to us. And that's okay. And that's normal and to be expected. Um, and then I guess the last thing is not just that our bodies change over time and that's normal, but also other people's bodies change over time and that's normal and it's normal for them to have different bodies than what we have. So we need to really challenge this idea that there is a 
good body or a right body. And that actually, it's really beautiful that there's so many different kinds of bodies out there. Okay, great. Thanks, Angela, for summarizing those tips for parents. I think listeners will find what you had to say today very helpful. And thanks for coming on our podcast and sharing your insight into this important topic. And um, we hope that we can get together in person in the hopefully near future and catch up. Yeah, thank you so much again for having me. 